Hey everyone, welcome to Jojo's World. Good morning. It's good to be back. Oh my god, how long has it been? Like a month? Um, it will have been since we last released an episode by the time this one comes out. Uh-huh. Probably five weeks. Oh god. Four, four weeks maybe? Four or five weeks? I'm not, Yikes. I didn't track the dates. Well... It's all been worth it. Yes, I did some low-level community theatre and had a nice time. You can probably tell from how much more charismatic my voice has become that I have reconnected with my roots as an inexperienced actor. But Liam, you always sound like this. Oh no! (laughs) Uh, Nick, we picked a good episode to come back to. Yeah, the absolute bullshittery of this episode. Oh, sidebar, I'm Liam S. Smith, one of your co-hosts. Oh, I don't need downtime, one of the other co-hosts. And this is JoJo's World, our JoJo's Bizarre Adventure recap and discussion podcast, where today we are recapping the 35th episode of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, Stone Ocean, entitled Sea Moon Part 2. That's the second part of Sea Moon. It is, you can see a second moon. Mm. Uh, It covers chapters 739 through 742 of the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure manga. I gotta say, I've never had more conversations outside of our podcast recordings about a topic than fucking Sea Moon. Like, just trying to explain, oh yeah, Sea Moon comes from, like, this thing that Paul McCartney did, because it's based on L7, but that and was the Wooly based- Bully. Yeah, that's the, like, trying to remember the name of that, I was like, <laughs> it's by this band, but it's like, it has a- Sam Archer and the Arrows. Yeah, and I was like, but but it was, like, covered by these other guys, but you got to understand, the richer context of L7- It's all about geometry <laughs> and sh- shapes- <laughs> And about them not quite fitting, but being close enough that contextually, we all gain appreciation of L and Seven. Mm. Now the listeners may ask why we're spending several minutes rehashing a subject we discussed last episode, but it's quite apt for the episode of the podcast that we watched, sorry, of the the anime that we watched, which starts with a three-minute recap of the last episode. Like, literally, this is the one episode that we should have come back to and gone, yep, that's the one to come back to. Yeah, 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 because it'll recap... (laughs) Literally every single thing. The rest of the episode was really good. But I mean, everything was great. Three minute recap. Jesus Christ. But you know what else lasted for three minutes? Our patrons. Expound on that. Uh, I refuse to, but you know what I'll expound on? Is this week's patron, who is new Ooh. to our Patreon. We love it when there's new patrons joining our Patreon. A service that's only getting better each week. <laughs> sure, I'll also sarcastically <laughs> remark that as well. So I'll give a thanks to Alex Nordlam. Alex Nordlam. He's our sponsor, Alex Nordlam VPN. Nordlam sounds like an evil corporation to me. Nordlam? He's working for Nordlam. We can't trust him. What does Nordlam even do? They do everything. They do security services. They create drones. But what does that mean? They own Amazon. But, But they're in dental and bath care. Yeah. How can they do both? Here at Nordlam, we do it all. Evilly. <laughs> See, we are Invest now. Invest now. How do I buy your stocks? With blood. What kind of blood? My blood? Yeah, sure. Oh, okay. Can it be someone else's blood? Thank you, Alex Nordlin, our most evil patron to date. Oh, and before I forget, also tangentially related to Alex Nordlin, thank you very much. Okay. We have other patrons who have sent us... That's true, that is one degree of separation. They all subscribe to the same Patreon. Exactly. So it is 
kind of related. Yeah, we got a nice one that said, I just want to check and say thanks for making the only JoJo's pod worth listening to. Oh, that's nice. Which I thought was quite funny. Now, is that just repeating a thing that we've said sarcastically before? I want to say no, because the very next sentence is, I tried to listen to the other popular one, and dude, it sucks. I don't I even like, know what that one is, so I'm not going <laughs> to take an insult to another... Um, sh- I'm not going to... I'm not going to slander. I'm not going to mentally connect an, an insult to another popular JoJo's podcast. Yeah. Because I don't know which one that is. Because my long-standing stance is that I don't listen to other JoJo's podcasts mm. because I know I would steal their jokes. I also didn't realize there were others. So I thought they all either died off at this point or they just didn't exist because we're the only one worth listening to. Of course. Obviously. Of course. The only anime podcast worth listening to. Yeah. And Although I've heard good things about anime sickos. Anime sickos? Yeah. Is that the... No, I'm I haven't listened tr- to it. Okay, I'm thinking of Trash Taste is the one that has, like, some anime and just generally weird vibes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we also got another one that basically says they've been a fan of the podcast for years, even before part five aired. Even before part five. And so they've been listening to the oldest part. Uh, apparently we are great podcasters and they're glad to have found us. Oh, well, thank you so much, everyone. It's good to be back. Yeah. Uh, I also have a message to share from uh, a big fan of ours. Oh, who's that? Uh, It's Hirohiko Araki. Oh, my God. I love him. He writes into the podcast (laughs) and he says, in the author's note for the final volume of Stone Ocean. The final? What? The final volume. What does that mean? We've entered the final countdown. No. That means I'm not going to be able to know. We're leaving forever. But still, it's farewell. But what happens when... But, like, if we run Tune out Tune of... in next time to find out. Oh, no. Hirohiko Araki has this to say, accompanied by a photo of him looking pensive in a nice sweater in front of a big painting. What is that on his vest? I don't know. Is it a butterfly? It's difficult to explain, brackets, and I know it's sudden, but when I'm drawing, I feel the existence of what I call gravity. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> It's difficult to explain, but when I'm drawing, I feel the existence of what I call gravity. Mm-hmm. In other words, while you might think that as an author, I have utter control over the actions of the main characters via the progression of the story. Which I do. Or the world in which I make them live. Mm-hmm. It's not always like that. <gasps> At some points, when the characters have no choice but to act against my will, I've had to draw scenes I never wanted to draw. I feel that this is gravity. What? And that... Gravity is part of fate. When you read this final volume of Stone Ocean, I'd like you to think about that for a moment. Gravity. Fate. fate. So kind of like when um, he drew Joseph Joestar perving on his mum in the bath. <laughs> that was probably thought. a thing he thought he'd he never, never wanted thought to draw. Want to draw that. And yet... Or when he had to draw, um, I want to say, a Barkio pissing in Giorno's tea. <laughs> He's like, I never wanted to draw this. But see, I was destined it to. It was gravity. It was fate. The gravity of the piss. It's like his editor is like, Araki, what the fuck are you doing? It's like, it's fate. Don't you understand? And when he drew... Um, Dragon's Dream guy speaking mm-hmm. at length about how much urine he drinks mm. once once every day. Mm. Mm. It was gravity. It was the fate. It was the feng shui. The fate of the of destiny. Yeah, that's all it is. It's like as soon as you have anything to do with fate. The first OP of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Phantom Blood, hmm. Sonochino Sadame, loosely translates to the legacy of your piss line. <laughs> 
Anyway, that's that's the uh, gravity equals piss uh, riff. Mm. Uh, we welcome everyone. Listen, piss, fate, destiny, gravity. It's all interlinked, much like one stream of piss. Nick, I'm so excited to be entering the final sequence of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6, Stone Ocean, and the final sequence of what we're going to call the Jonathan Dio story cycle. Okay, alright. Why are we calling it that? Well, because as we've discussed previously, uh, even though it technically goes against my no-spoiler policy, mm -hmm. from JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 7 onward, we're entering a new thing that's unrelated to previous events. Oh. That's why it goes back to the Wild West. Oh. As you've doubtlessly been spoiled on before. I have been very spoiled on it by people on horses. But no specific so. events. Hmm. I worry, though, because I hear horses are notoriously hard to animate. I would not be surprised by that, but I would enjoy if a certain horse, if you know what I mean, also should... I mean, he won't, but if a Oh, certain... you mean whole horse. Whole horse. Star of Crazy Diamond's Bizarre Heartbreak. Exactly. <laughs> I would really enjoy if he just showed up for no reason. Wow, wow, wow. Well, I'm here to shoot some people with my gun that doesn't really work that well. Wait, are you are you being um uh the good, bad, and the ugly? Or are you being what's his name? Um not Billy Sunshine. Like I'm being a whole horse. Oh, right, gotcha. I thought you were <laughs> What do you think I was doing? I thought you were being like Clint Eastwood from that, that movie. He's a cowboy. Yeah, I know, but it's like you can still be like Hey, I'm whole horse riffing on a movie. This is why all bad impressions have to start with the phrase, Hey, it's me, name. <laughs> Just so you're all like, oh, oh, now I know what he's that's doing. That's really good. <laughs> okay, let's get into it, Nick. Okay. We open. Sea Moon, episode two. Gravity. Uh, three, three minutes of recap. We, we usually get an episode in um, most JoJo stories where we see the final battle or a significant encounter from the villain's perspective. And yeah. this is Poochie time. Yeah. He is, for lack of a better word, freaking the yeah. fuck we out. We spend most episode wandering around with Father Poochie as he alternates between gloating and panicking <laughs> as Jolene, like, what did we say? He, she was Japanese girl ghosting him. Yeah, like, what? what's uh, the ring? Yeah, like the, the grudge. Ring. Yeah. She's crawling out of TVs. She's, uh, her hair... Her hair is uh, dangling over her eyes, and so... She's vaguely touching, but not killing yet. Just, yeah. just touching all over him. He runs through the Kennedy Space Center Visitor Center, uh, wondering how she could possibly be alive after he turned her heart inside out. And as he runs by a ornamental globe, he punches it, causing the world to turn inside out. A potent oh. symbol of his power. I get it. Mm. He's like, maybe I missed her vital organs. No. No, I know I hit it. I absolutely hit her heart. So There's no way I missed. He runs outside, stops, and then immediately strikes this pose. Which, uh, try and describe this for me, Nick. So his head is cocked 60 degrees. He's putting it onto his shoulder. He's As if listening to his shoulder bones Yeah, and then reason. that hand is like lank and straight down. So his then his opposite hand is cocked on his hip. He has probably the, like, most sass I've ever seen in someone's hips, where he's just, like, 30-degree tilt at the top half, 30-degree tilt the other direction. And then his knees half. are akimbo, I would say. Yeah, they're very, like, bent. So he just he's runs like, outside, stops, <laughs> and does that, looks at the camera, and says to himself, I absolutely must finish off Jolene Cujo here. <laughs> Nick, lest we forget, mm. Father Pucci is the man who, upon awakening a new stand power, mm -hmm. yep. immediately named it after an ob a very oblique euphemism for being cool. This epitomises him 
being cool though. <laughs> like no doubt my when you see that flair, when you see that absolute monstrosity of a pose, it just makes you go, Oh, this guy means business. He is not cringe. <laughs> He's got that Jojo flair. He knows what he's about. He's like, in many ways, like um, Cars or Yoshikage Kira mm. or... No, those are the other two examples. <laughs> where a Jojo villain acts relatively normal most of the time and then... Well, I mean... Or unassuming, I should say. And then every now and then just reveals they're an absolute freak. Yeah, I mean, literally Poochie the whole time has just been like, destiny is mine. I'm going to count Oh, the very numbers. first words of the... Um, Stone Ocean theme song, uh, Heaven's Falling Down. Mm, yes, Destiny <laughs> is mine. Um, but he's just like, he's still a weirdo, but you're like, oh, okay, he's, he's whatever. Now he's just gone full-blown, yeah, I'm going to just do whatever the fuck I need to do to he win. He says to himself, have confidence, Father Pucci. Fate will choose to side with me. At some point he's like, remember, maintain composure. Just continue counting prime numbers. And it's like, dude, you're still fucking weird. He passes through like a sort of airplane hangar style space. The large theatre. Yeah, the large theatre. I can't, I didn't comment on it while we were watching, oh. but I did note every time the words large theatre appeared on screen. Oh, wow, there's a large theatre over there. Oh, look, it's the large theatre. We could go watch maybe a, um, a presentation station. on gravity or the solar system in there. Oh, yeah, because it's quite large. It's mm. very accommodating. Yeah, to yeah that you could sort fit Jupiter in there. Oh, that's very large. I'm very much a fan of Tom Cardi's latest song, mm. HS, aka Hot Shit, where he uses a series of metaphors about space and the planet to tell you that you're hot shit and you're perfect Ooh. and you should back yourself. Nice. I uh, I watched the Tom Scott video on the extremely, it's like the extremely large telescope array, which is sitting right next to the large telescope array. Or, or it's like unbelievably large or something like that and it's but like these are actual things yeah yeah so it's like the large telescope array is like big optical lenses and there's like four of them that they're trying to do science shit science shit with to make a really big telescope array mm. and normally if you have like a radio telescope it's like relatively easy but if it's optical it's really hard they're kind of doing a thing like in a because <laughs> dun- i can only understand things from the metaphor yeah, of yeah, video yeah. games obviously and obviously like in a dungeon puzzle where you have to redirect light uh, across multiple mirrors yes, and lenses literally to- that literally underground it's just that one puzzle where they're like if i move this yeah. three meters forward the laser goes that way yeah but they're then going, okay, so we've done that. What if instead of that, guys, we just built a really fuck off big mirror and that's the telescope? <laughs> so like, I think it's like 80 kilometers that way. There's just this uh, fuck Nick off is indicating massive, his hands in a direction. Yeah, in the right hand side. I don't know what cardinal direction it is, but like over that way, there's just like, <laughs> we've got these four telescopes. They're huge. They're massive. It's a marvel of science. This is just a really fuck off big one though. You're like, right. Oh, so, like, the closer you get, the more you're like, oh, that is just a skyscraper. But so you might hear about that in the large theatre. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, so he's passing through this big space, and there's a man up in the rafters. Uh, oh, this Bleeding guy. from the mouth and the waist and the neck. And the hip. And he's saying, hey, call a doctor. Like, what happened to my hip bone? I need to find Jolene. Yeah, Pucci does not acknowledge him, and we never see this man again. He's <laughs> just like, my Help. hip bone. Something's going on with my hip bone. And he just walks off. Uh, he walks past a big crashed shuttle. Uh, on a large theatre. And says, Jolene fell here. Uh, and then he sees near the Natural G Cafe. <laughs> you know, at Kennedy Space Centre, the Natural G Cafe. However, 
It's not very well tied or not very well signposted. Because there's some incredibly unnatural G going on. Exactly. Right now. See, the G has a downward arrow mm. on it, but as we know right now, it's not reflecting the real gravity. G ain't down. And she sees a, he sees a scrap of her clothing on the shattered window she's that leads here. into the cafe. Oh, and he's here. doing a fucking uh, Aragorn tracking the hobbits. Jolene oh, uh, here. Her hands were bound by being turned inside out. Oh yes, there. She crawled. Yeah, she's around. She's here. I can, I can feel her presence. She must be here. The tracks lead away from our previous battle and into this building. <gasps> she's here. <laughs> and then he stops and he says, without turning around, "By the way, don't come a single step closer to me." And we see that Anasui, or so it appears, is crouched on some scaffolding behind him. And then he gets the gecko. Climbs it's tail the- time. He like wears Jane Fonda, um, <laughs> other Gex quotes. Something about uh, Jay Leno. Um, fuck, Gex was really a I think of the I'm 90s. Joe Piscopo's house. That's probably something he says. <laughs> oh, Hashtag it's tail time. Uh, someone was trying to. Um, <laughs> who? Someone who? Who was it? Some. What is this? One segue? of those games companies that just does stupid bullshit. That's Re- all of them. Recently said, oh yeah, we tried to do another Gex reboot and we got into early stages before the IP holders decided, no, we don't want to do more Gex. What? <laughs> what? Why would they not want to do more Gex? Uh... I made a gesture as in, look at it all. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That is fair. <laughs> as soon as you see Gex, you should Really know. tap into the 100 Gex zeitgeist. <laughs> 100 Gex is, of course... Uh, the the video game where you control one of the Gexes <laughs> oh, and Nick. you have to kill the other Gexes. Oh, we're, we're so in sync today because I was trying to lure you into defining 100 Gex as that band or whatever so that I... The it, band? Yeah. Okay, well clearly you didn't know that so it was a fool's error. Okay, yeah. And I would, I would fakely correct you by saying no, 100 Gex is the Gex <laughs> Battle Royale where 100 Gexes drop onto an island and, and have you to have co- to become the co- one true Collect Gex. various quips to destroy ah. each other. So every time you're attacking each other you're attacking each other with a quip yeah. and whoever's the quippiest moves on. The quippiest Gex. Mm, that does make sense. A Gex Legends? Is that something? Yeah, sure. <laughs> that, that's the bit. That's the one punchline of this terrible Gex reference. <laughs> Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, your number one podcast for Gex references. So, Let, so... Unless we forget Bubsy. Oh, God, not Bubsy. No, no, we can't do Bubsy. This is a bridge too far. That's what he says. The thing is, Gex, at the very least, you can point to, like, the cultural context. And it's like, oh. Mm. He made Gex into the Gecko. Yeah, it's like he made... Which was kind of like Enter the Dragon or maybe Enter the Matrix. Yeah, and it's like, oh, at the time it was like, you know, it was funny. Bubsy is just like, what the fuck is that? Bubsy's just a nasty freak. (laughs) Bubsy, if you saw him on the street, you'd kick him. He's Donald ducking it. He's Donald ducking it? Yeah. What do you mean? You know, he's not wearing any pants. Oh, God. I mean, that's true. He really So is Gex, I suppose. Well, Gex sometimes... All the mascot platformers other than Mario are nasty freaks. What about... um, Arrest them all. What about Conker? Does he wear pants? I don't think so, but he was having a bad fur day. Oh, okay. Banjo wears pants. He's a man of class. (laughs) (laughs) He's Mickey Mousing it. Pants but no shirt. I swear he wears a shirt. He wears a blue backpack. Yeah, yeah, but he wears a shirt at one point. It's not his iconic look, though. That's true. That is true. That's not his default play Mm. style. He's not a business bear. He's a he's an outback bear. Also, barely wearing a shirt is Anasui. That was good. Seamless segue. <laughs> who is gazing it down? The apparent Anasui clambers down this um this pole. 
scaffolding, scaffolding. like like a Japanese girl ghost. Yep. Uh, but I'm not sure why he moves like this because, well, as it's about to be revealed, when Sea Moon punches him in the face, uh, it's not Anasui. It's a dead body that Anasui altered the bone structure of to look like him. So uh, when he turns despite the fact that like... his skin sloughs off him. To reveal yeah. an entirely different looking guy with entirely different skin tone. Uh, it's the perfect disguise. It's the perfect trap. So could you go back to that screenshot? To which Father Pucci, while looking at him, absolutely deadpan. It's a real like Cromarty high school stare. Yeah, and just being like, ah, oh, shit. Ah, oh, shit, that's not Anasui. Retreat, Seamoon. That's not the real Anasui at all. And the real Anasui is behind him in the... Doorway in the darkness being like... Of the natural G cafe. Diver down's pretty cool. And Pochi just turns around, he's like, Oh shit, I guess Diver down's pretty alright. You're already within my range. (laughs) Diver down goes for the punch. But he misses because in a like real The Thing style move... Uh, Which is just a thing he can do now. Turns his face half inside out to create a gap that the attack can pass harmlessly through. Which, I mean, now he can do that as well. We're in that part of JoJo's where the bad guy can do anything. He turned his own face inside out. But then he turns. I'm gonna take your face off. Wait, but. Okay, okay, okay. but I I just, it's in my head now. Which one of them is John Travolta in this context? Uh, They haven't swapped yet. So John Travolta (laughs) is, um, oh, what's his fucking name? Um, He's the good guy? No, the bad guy. Okay, so John Travolta's the bad guy at the start of the movie before they face off. His name is like Caesar or something. Caesar Monero. I was going to say Caesar Milan, the cat whisperer. (laughs) Caesar Milan. Uh, so, oh, I, I think I'm wrong, pilly. actually. Because I thought John Travolta is the good guy who then turns into the bad guy. Sean Archer yeah. is... You know, I'm going to look at the cast. Okay. No, but that's... So John Travolta is Sean Archer normally. Okay, all right. And Nicolas Cage is Caster Troy. Caster Troy, who that's, is the... That's not the amazing name I was thinking of, actually. The amazing name that I was thinking of is Caster Troy's little brother. Pollux Troy. <laughs> Pollux? P-O-L-L-U-X. Pollocks. Why is it? What? So not even L-O-C-K. Like full I'm just skimming the plot summary here and it's unreadable on Wikipedia (laughs) because it's just Troy as Archer does this. Archer as Troy does this. Oh God. Oh no. Imagine. Like look at, look at any, look at these two paragraphs that I've just randomly scrolled through and how many times it says Troy as Archer and Archer as Troy. every single time. They're just like Troy hyphen as hyphen Archer. For numerous slayings, Troy hyphen as hyphen Archer. Furious over Pollux's death kills Lazaro. Troy hyphen as hyphen Archer is promoted to acting director Archer hyphen as hyphen Troy. It's like random corpse as Anna Sui clambers <laughs> down the scaffolding. And he's all like, you idiot. I was Anna Sui all along <laughs> as a dead corpse. <laughs> to me, you're merely a pesky fly that I can swat away, says uh, Father Pucci. Yeah, as, Not as, as Father Anna Pucci. Pucci. Yeah. <laughs> So he goes for the punch. And so, well, yeah, he's missed, Anasui has missed his big sneak attack. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Pucci is going to go for the kill. Be- because the gravity has yeah. switched again and Anasui is drifting away. But something stops him as a creepy girl's hand Whoa. just like caresses. It doesn't even caress, it just like plaps onto his face. And he's all like, oh my God, a Japanese high school ghost girl. It's Jolene. 
and then he stops, and then so he just drifts away. He turns around. We literally see him grab onto a flagpole and finishing the level of. Yeah. So later on, like in the background of a shot, we see him slide down this flagpole like he's Mario finishing a level. It's amazing. Oh, it's so good. But we'll keep moving. So this hand. Just like we see a cool shot from Poochie's perspective, where it's just the hand obscuring his vision, and you can just barely make out Jolene's signature butterfly tattoo behind it. And he's all like, what? "Holy shit, shit, I'm a dead man!" Yeah. Immediately goes to the punch, but where's she's the hand gone. gone? She he just sees a trail of her blood leading into the G Cafe, the natural G Cafe. That's, that's right. But something quite unnatural is happening now. See, Father Poochie. Is freaking the fuck yeah, out. He's sweating. He's not even counting any prime numbers. What? He's lost all composure. He's like, that's blood. She's here. But she and was she's here. Wounded. But she's not I've got to track her down. I've right. got to end her right now before her allies show up. So he walks inside. And all the gravity, just like as he moves around this room, keeps shifting because he's the centre of gravity. Mm. So all the crap in here just like... Keeps moving. You know right? when a DVD menu bounces around? Mm, like on the TV. Well, not on the like screensaver yeah, the, on the like TV. Like the diagonal and you wait for From it to go on the From 20 years ago. Yeah, famously in you The Office, wa- you the would- sitcom. Oh, I haven't seen it. They, they're all like watching Michael give a speech and they're all really into it because the DVD thing is about to bounce. It's going to hit the corner. And then it just... And they're like, oh, for God's sake. It's like, I know. I know. That's why we need to fill out our timesheets. <laughs> That's a good bit. Yeah. And then it does it and they're all like, Yes! Bravo, excellent. They all leave and Michael's like, some days you just really get through to them, you know? So Anasui <laughs> is resolute that he has to kill Jolene now because Anasui's coming back down the flagpole. Uh-huh. Jo- Jotaro could be on his way somehow. Well, we uh, don't know that. And yet. even now, Emporio is... Who, in or, my mind... Yeah, Nick has... St- <laughs> Nick, in the time since our last episode, has reverted to calling Emporio... Pistachio. I don't know why. Dear sweet pistachio is even now <laughs> climbing up the vertical surface of the ground. Which, as we find out later, is completely futile. Yeah. Because as he's climbing up, he's like, I just gotta What's reach he the even top. planning on doing? He's got no offensive powers. He's the moral support, you know? He's the guy who's like, don't worry, Jolene, you can do it if you just do this. They left him nice and secure on a bike rack. He could have <laughs> stayed there. Oh, but they didn't lock him up with a combination mm, lock, yeah. you see. Someone could have oh. stolen him. Exactly. Well, Father Pucci clearly yeah. has stolen him. So, Pucci spots some ethyl alcohol. <gasps> That's flammable. Is it? I assume it is. It's, there's a warning on it that says it is. Well, in that case... I need to kill her and their allies will lose their hope. Mm. Especially Jotaro, who, at the loss of his daughter, will surely just give up and go home and not murder me horribly. I mean, if my daughter was murdered... I, I reckon, I reckon, right? Get this. I reckon. If my daughter... Here's the thing. Here's, if my daughter, that doesn't exist, non-existent daughter, never will. If they murder her, I'll just kind of move on. I'm trying to think of what Nicolas Cage movie I can compare this to. <laughs> what Maybe about, Drive Angry in 3D? I was going to say Face Off is a pretty good one. Oh, he has a dead son in that, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. But do they kill the son or does he just have a They kill son? the son. So Nicolas Cage kills John Travolta's son. By trying to shoot... I want to say he's trying to shoot John Travolta while they're riding on a carousel together. Okay, alright. Yep, that's a pretty unique spot to have (laughs) your son murdered, but okay. But it's a good shot. (laughs) I mean, it's not a good shot. He kills the son and not the father. But it's a good cinematic shot. Oh, it's a good shot in terms of, oh my god, my life is going... Round in circles? I don't know what the symbolism of a carousel is meant to be. Pucci demonstrates pretty good spatial thinking sp- skills mm-hmm. as he uses the altered gravity 
and accurately pours the uh, alcohol over all the crap he thinks Jolene's hiding in. I was, while this was happening, I was like, you would hope he'd hit because he's the one who's controlling what looks like the piss stream. Uh, <laughs> of fate. The, the piss stream of fate. It's flammable. The wheel of fate is turning. Uh, 99 ponies in a tree. 99 gecks on an island. Quip off. <laughs> Uh, so Father Pucci pulls out a lighter that he's always had. Yep. He's well known for his smoking. <laughs> so he's like, I am destiny. I am fate. Outrun this bitch. Yeah, he t- sets a huge fire, which doesn't really go anywhere. <laughs> I, I noted that if it attacked Jotaro, he'd be fine because mm-hmm. he's immune to this kind of thing. And then from out behind the vent that he's standing next to, because he's on ultimate surfaces. Yep. A hand grasps his ankle. Oh my god! He High school out. Japanese ghost! He punches the vent frantically, but then he realises it was just her thread. The thread is holding onto him, but is also moving away. And then her hands grab him around the neck. And he's all like, oh, this is her. And this is when things get really, really cool. Because he sea moon punches her both her arms, and we can only see both of her arms sticking up from behind mm-hmm. debris. They crumple as anyone who gets punched in the arms knows. By Sea Moon. Bones just break. Start starting to go inside out. And then there's like chanting. The music begins to get a lot of like bloodborne chanting. Not that kind of chanting. Like sort of Gregorian almost. As two figure eight shapes appear where both of her arms have been hit, resolve themselves into a beautiful. Beautiful Mobius strip. Mwah. Sparkling, glorious, in its lane, unbothered. Now, Jolene's arms remain right side out. Now, I don't want to be that guy. Okay. Proceed. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, technically speaking. Okay. I don't know if you can make a Mobius strip out of thread. Why not? So a Mobius strip... Implies a flat surface. But I think what she's doing, and I don't like really think a, there's any yeah. there's any value in trying Analyzing to JoJo's <laughs> this level of JoJo's power. But I think she's making like a plane out of bundles of threads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, we know that Araki has full control over every scene that he has written. As we've already established mm. in his author's note, yep. he has total control, right? Assuming so direct control. Exactly. It's so time to knew. finally kill Jolene Kujo. <laughs> but he couldn't. But like, I don't know, like, but like the idea of I've made infinity out of my Mobius strip thread, I immediately was like, that's it. This is the greatest anime ever made. <laughs> it literally can't be beaten. Fuck everything else. And we see Jolene. Unless there's an anime about doing a math PhD, this is it. We're radiating menacing katakana, but it's Poochie who's being menaced now. <laughs> She's uh, backlit, her face is in shadow, half her body is in shadow, but she's glaring at him and he's like, you can't run from your fate. And we see her clearly for the first time as there's a huge hole in her torso as her inside outing heart is being maintained by a massive Mobius strip. Now how her heart is currently working, don't worry about it. Well, it's still her heart. It's just, it's, it's just a Mobius strip thread. Yeah, but don't, don't, don't worry about it. Just don't, you know. I mean, she's not in a good way, but she's, she's, she's not down and out. She is panting a lot, yeah. which does make she's sense. She's bleeding a lot. Yeah, it does make sense for someone with low oxygen mm-hmm. levels, given that you don't have a heart to pump around the oxygen. Mm-hmm. Does make sense. So she's not operating at peak capacity. She goes in, she tries to get the kill, yeah. but Sea uh, Moon rebuffs her. She gets a blow on the neck. She's and... presently mid. But another Mobius strip resolves itself. It's powerful. Still in it. She is not Sea Moon. She's L7. 
she, she's oh okay she's eight she's eight <laughs> what a fucking stupid I hate that we're extending this rich conlang Poochie understands Mobius strips is that what you're creating so I just love the fact that in this moment Poochie of all people a man who fucking loves prime numbers is just like Mobius strip Mobius strip as we come back from commercial, like a really relaxing, soothing voice uh, and like, uh, it's, it's almost sad. like a relaxation tape yeah. or something as like a single finger traces like a ribbon in the and shape of a Mobius. Just like, <clears throat> start tracing its surface with a finger and keep going. Follow the surface without lifting the finger. <laughs> Before long, you have traced both sides. You'll be back at your starting point. This non-orientable shape was discovered in the 19th century by a German mathematician. Do not question the nozzle. It is called Mobius Strip, after his name. Mr. Mobius Mr. Strip. Literally, literally Mr. Mobius. Uh, so I've got the Wikipedia page on Mobius Strip up. Now, I don't think... So this is me pulling out the math degree, everyone. Okay. So I don't think Mobius is the guy that people made fun of for doing coke every day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think well, There are two guys here. Mm -hmm. They are Johann Benedict Listing yep. and August Ferdinand Mobius. Yep. So I think they've both got two amazing names. I think Listing is the guy who came up with a bunch of number theory things, and Mobius is the guy who was all like, "But I'm interested in shapes." Oh, now. okay. I think because because there's all bunch of so you know how there's multiple disciplines in math. No. Great. So I'm pretty sure at this point that the age of Ula or Euler or whatever his name was, sure, was done. Where everyone was like, "I'm just going to study all math," and at this point, everyone's like, "Okay, there's too much." There's just too much to cover. I'm just going to go into like one area and do cool shit there. And you can follow me if you want, but don't at me, okay? I'm just going to be over here doing my thing. And so this is the era where a bunch of dudes discovered really cool things because there was too much other math. Like the Mobius strip. Exactly. Inspiration for many F0X levels. <laughs> so many. But I think Mobius also discovered... No, that was Klein. Who discovered the Klein bottle, which is like a Mobius strip in 3D. When I met Mobius, he was like, here, take the red pill if you want to wake up. Do you understand how many of those jokes have been made? It's not the same name. It's nowhere near the same name. I mean, it's yeah. almost the same It's name. almost exactly the same and exactly the same vibe of like, the line keeps going forever. Mobius is the name of the planet in Sonic the Hedgehog. What if <laughs> the nature of Sonic games is cyclical? Well, Sonic runs up a lot of ramps and shit. The ramps never end, mm. Liam. That's the secret. In popular culture, Mobius strips appear in artworks by M.C. Escher, Max Bill, and others, in, and in the design of the recycling symbol. What? Hang on, what? Many... Okay, well, you, want, you want me to fact-check the recycling symbol no, on this? The recycling symbol is just a triangle. Maybe it's like an American one or something. Oh, maybe. Or maybe it's meant to, because of the way the arrows oh. flip and curve, it's meant to evoke... The, the infinitude of recycling. Yeah. yeah. Many architectural concepts have been inspired by the Mobius strip, including the building design for the NASCAR Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> I love it's not even like a big concept. It's like, 
Because I thought it'd be like, many things have been inspired by it, like staircases, you know? But it's like, no, no, just like this one place. Performers including Harry Blackstone Sr. and Thomas Nelson Downs have based stage magic tricks on the properties of the Mobius Strip. The canons of J.S. Bach have Mm. been analysed using Mobius Strips. Mm, Many works of speculative fiction feature Mobius Strips. House of Leaves? More generally, a plot structure based on the Mobius Strip of events that repeat with a twist is common in fiction. That's bullshit. Why is that in this article? <laughs> no, you got to understand, because if you trace your finger along the plot of Lord of the Rings... Of House of Leaves. You wind up back at the start. Mm. And then Johnny Truant is all like, I want to kill myself, just like I did at the start. Maybe I'm the Minotaur. Oh. Catherine Ryan in um, season 10 of Taskmaster was <laughs> yeah. famously like, this room is so much bigger than I thought it would be. Am I the Minotaur? <laughs> <laughs> I just, with her fucking like attitude as well, was she just like, this room is so much bigger than it should be. Am I the Minotaur? Like in that really yeah. sassy, like, excuse me. Like I have to win. <laughs> And that's Mobius strips. Is there seriously nothing else on Mobius Nothing strips? else I can be bothered going into. Oh, okay, all right. I can go into it. You can represent it in 2D. Like a figure eight. Yeah. Wait. No, you can't represent it in 2D. Well, you can because Actually, the recycling can, yeah. logo does. <laughs> no, I mean like, so on Mobius strip, you can have like, so you know how we as humans can be like. Oh, oh I'm not a human. I'm a Sonic the Hedgehog oh, from Mobius. What, yeah, you're all like loops and shit. Roop. I rip off my mask. Wait, you're a dead corpse. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We got there. Um, yeah, but you know how humans think in like, if you see like a cube. Um, okay, I'm picturing a cube. On like a piece of paper. Yep. And it's like, it's not really a cube, but it's, it's like the a square. idea of a cube. Yeah, it's like a square and then it another It implies square. a cube. Yeah, it's like square, square, square. Mm. And it's like first square is flat. Other square is like weird bend. It signifies a cube, but it's not mm. itself a cube. Yeah, so... We have English degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an English degree. No, you've got, you did some units. I did some. Um, so you can draw that as just like a bunch of squares and then say these two edges touch. Okay. So you can do the same thing with a Mobius strip. You can be all like... These are the same edge. Yeah, these two are the same edge. And you're like, ooh, is it the same as like a toroid? And they're like, no fucking nerds it's not the same as a toroid because these two don't touch they fight a bit more Mm -hmm. and then poochie starts strutting around on the ceiling and says i admire the first human who tried to eat mushrooms was that a fucking mathematician (laughs) i'm I'm willing to bet the first guy that ate mushrooms was just like i've got a great plan i'm gonna eat these mushrooms and then i'm gonna draw a circle it's gonna work out really fucking i'm gonna eat these mushrooms then draw the face of a clock I've accidentally drawn the universe. They risked poisoning themselves. Was he a fool who happened to get lucky? I mean, you could say the same thing of the first human who ate anything. You could say they risked the same poisoning thing themselves. of all men. They risked poisoning themselves. <laughs> but enough talk. Otherwise, was the discovery driven by his desperate situation? Hmm, wise. Hmm, hmm. Would you survive if I strike your head? So we clearly see the answer to this in like five seconds. Well, he, he gets a glancing blow. He doesn't really get a direct hit. You know? And even so, she's all like, I got a great... She has to do like a couple of nested Mobius strips. Yeah, but even then, it's like... She survives. How many Mobius she's strips? She's breathing heavily though. She's not moving around a lot. Uh, they exchange some blows, uh, but neither of them are able to 
complete the fight. Yeah. Yeah. Jolene tries to goad him into making getting aggressive and making a mistake, but he's like, I don't need to. I just need to keep moving the gravity around until some helpful shit falls my way. Ah, yeah. here it comes. A gun. Yeah, a gun falls his way. He pulls out a gun and he's like, I'm going to shoot you and murder you now, Jolene. I just love that, like, we have all this fancy powers, but it always boils down to, oh, fuck, a gun. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not dissimilar to, like, all of Dio's time stop bullshit boiled down to, and now I'm just going to throw a heap of knives at you. Bulldozer. That's true. That's true. I can't deny the road roller. I just, I just love that it's like we have all this fancy stuff. All like it's the Green Lantern problem where you're like, I can make anything my mind can conjure. I'm gonna make a big cartoon hammer. All right. Why don't you make a gun? Oh, I'll make that. It's like, okay. Why don't you make anything that's more powerful than a gun? It's like, well, you see, that's the problem. Look how all these characters. I guess they're in America. All these characters yeah. know how to use a gun. It's like, what can your mind conjure? A gun. It's like, what else? A, a bigger gun. Pucci oh, seamlessly catches this falling gun in the holster, like cocks it, prepares the chamber, takes the safety off. I don't know how to use a gun. <laughs> <laughs> he does all that in one fluid motion, aims at Jolene and fires a volley. And everyone's like, Jolene! No, and no. The, the bullets, as the bullets do, slowly travel towards her, inexorably about to strike her heart until... I might even just put the sound in there. I've got it on file for when I need to put in a mid-episode note. (laughs) Everyone will be like, oh, a mid-episode note. No, it's just part of the episode. (laughs) I'm still here. And then she's gone. And who's there? Our best friend, our dad, (laughs) Jotaro Kujo. Our dad? Yeah, Papa Jotaro. There's a big harpoon sticking into the side of the wall. And uh, Poochie gives a face. Yeah, uh, he's... Composed, he's less composed than we've ever seen him. He's like, what the fuck is ah! this? And then he turns around and a huge star platinum fist fills his vision, flies into his face, compacts his cheekbones, sends him flying through a steel frame out the window. Jotaro's there. And Hermes is there. Hooray! Hermes, yay, she's alive! <laughs> Hermes seamlessly starts explaining what happened to Fuji. So the Speedwagon Foundation shot this harpoon from three kilometers above pinpoint accuracy <laughs> i put my sticker on that harpoon creating a duplicate and then when it landed i took it off we held on to it for three kilometers well no they were i don't think they were three kilometers in the sky and then when we were three <laughs> kilometers away so then they like flew back yep and Jotaro it's was... A, it's a good plan. Hold, yeah, Jotaro was holding you, you on need to the harpoon. The, Jotaro and Hermes were, yeah. yeah. You need the logistics of the seemingly omnipotent Speedwagon Foundation to pull mm. off a plan like this. Exactly. Thing is, the sticker was not affected by gravity. Mm. So they were just flying straight the whole time. Yeah, exactly. Not like Poochie, who was all over the place. Hermes genuinely looks pretty cool while she's given this explanation. Like, mm. half of her face is in shadow. She's radiating green stand energy. She's got green katakana that I can't interpret coming off I'm her. I'm assuming it reads, fuck yeah. <laughs> and then she's holding the original harpoon. Yeah. And she's all like, you idiot. You fool. You didn't. You underestimate the power of harpoons when you're holding a fucking gun. And then Jotaro in his snakeskin pants and his big coat... In the, the Florida summer star. weather. Oh my god. It's like, oh, Jolene, I've got you. And I'm gonna fucking kill this guy. And now look, uh, Emporio and uh, Anasui. Pistachio and Anasui. Pistachio's here! Yay! Yay Pistachio! <laughs> Pistachio Disguise, star of Master of Disguise. <laughs> That's his name now. That's his name. 
someone's talking. I can't remember who. I want to say Hermes still. Yeah, Hermes does a very long monologue about like... You're surrounded. Completing your stand in 36 hours was just wishful thinking. You can't possibly survive that long now. Oh, it's Emporio. It's it's Pistachio. It's Pistachio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everyone's there. Poochie's outnumbered. He's under a steel frame. He's like bent 90 degrees at the waist. And he's all like... He says, you're mistaken, Emporio. He's like, how did you know my name? Have we ever interacted? (laughs) As I thought, fate. I just need to use this steel frame and my gravity powers to rise into the sky. Because if I turn upside down in it, then the gravity goes that way. Oh. And he lifts up into the air. Because he's the center of gravity. He's like, fate and the Jojo's were my ally this whole time. Oh. He lifts up into the sky and they all watch impotently, except for Jotaro, who calmly puts his cold-blooded murder plan in action <laughs> and says, Hermes, take this gun and fire six shots right at his head. Six shots, more than enough to kill anything that moves. And yet... Hermes is like, sure, I know how to use a gun expertly. <laughs> so Hermes takes aim. Jotaro... Oh, um, sorry, while Poochie's rising this guy, he does exposit mm. that he doesn't need to wait for the moon, new moon if he finds a spot in the air where the gravity of the moon is equivalent to ground level's new moon gravity. Hmm, which is weird that we then f- therefore had the countdown, but I, I kind of get well, it. Well, th- he thought he needed the countdown until this very moment. Where he now was like, he has a revelation. Mm. Where it's like, it wasn't time. He's it was fi- He found a loophole mm. in destiny. Oh... Much like the very same loophole at the centre of a Mobius strip. Uh, okay. Yeah, alright, sure. I don't get it, but alright. <laughs> so then uh, he's all like, I'm going to float into the sky and find the Later, rock. haters. Poochie died on the way back to his home planet. Because <laughs> <laughs> his name's Poochie as well. Oh my god, it all comes full circle. <laughs> like a sea moon. Yeah. So... <laughs> ah, cool. He floats up and he's all like, that's it. I just got to find the right gravity. This is all going to be done and dusted. I've got the plan. I'm a winner. I'm the goat. This is it. Yep. So if Hermes fires the shots from the gun with her expert marksmanship abilities mm-hmm. and Jotaro's plan is to wait till his stand, Sea Moon, is distracted by that. Then I lob this harpoon through his brain with Star Platinum in stopped time. Yeah. So Jotaro Much has- like Dio once tried to do with him. Ah, that makes sense. a thousand knives. But didn't work. Well, it did work on Kakarot. It didn't work on Jotaro Mm. because Jotaro could move and see in stopped time. Yeah. So he had perfect precision. I'm just going to fix this problem by destroying your ability to do anything with it. And also Jotaro had thought ahead and stuffed his coat and hat with newspaper. Mm. The only thing that can stop knives. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Um, it doesn't work because moments before time stop releases, Poochie's eyes flicker in recognition. And Jodo was like, huh? Time's resuming. Poochie somehow sees in the stopped time with his expanding stand powers. A harpoon coming towards him and, and six bullets. Manages to block the bullet with his stand as he planned and pivot his head so that he's only grazed by the harpoon. Oh, that's bad. Rather than having his whole fucking face <laughs> obliterated <laughs> by Star Pat- Platinum's yeah. awesome might. Uh, that would have been so grisly. Yeah, he also has a moment with jo- uh, Jolene yes. being all like... Jolene, I do respect you. Not as much as Koichi, but, yeah. but I do well, respect I mean, you. Look, no one's going to respect anyone like we respect Koichi mm-hmm. here, okay? Like, I've heard... I mean, it, yeah, because, you know, we're doing a lot of callbacks right now. It, yeah. it is a mirror to that moment where he stops time, takes a breath, thanks Koichi, and then punches the shit out of Yoshikage Kira. <laughs> but, like, 
Okay, let's be fair. Koichi is the best. No <laughs> doubt. All right. Also, that's your daughter. Koichi haters log off. <laughs> we here on JoJo's World gatekeep Koichi He also haters. does a fun little twirl as he picks up the harpoon. <laughs> yeah, what was it that? <laughs> He's just like, time stop in the last five seconds. Well, it was facing the wrong way for him to huck it. Ah, so he has to twirl it a thousand <laughs> yeah. times and then be like, right, let's go. Mm-hmm. Oh. And all of that talking and aiming and throwing took less than a second because he counts from four backwards yep. as well. Oh, man. Uh, they fail. They've run out of harpoons and bullets and they can just impotently watch him drift through the sky towards a spaceship. <laughs> Which is also rising. The space shuttle that was on in the background earlier. What was it on? The, the the theater that it was on. The large theater. Oh, the large mm. theater. Right, gotcha. Because it, it was large. It looks like he's trying to board it. And he does. And he does. He gets in it just, and he's, he's like, on. Haha, space shuttle, take me to where the gravity is right. And it does. So then it gets real weird. And I wasn't quite expecting it. In that no one does anything to stop <laughs> him from this point forward. If only Emporio had a gun. Oh, fuck. Why does Pistachio stay armed at all times? <laughs> uh, Jolene is all like, Oh no, he's a god now. Yeah, and light begins to emanate from Father Pucci's mouth and then also the rest of him, but crucially his mouth first. I think someone says this isn't like his evolution of a stand power or something. Oh, he's he's rambling about how God has guided him here and the Joe Stars yeah. were his enemies, but Maintain even then composure. they were his allies through yeah. fate. Yeah, as you do. Guide me to the right spot, blah, Control blah, blah. The drawings. Yes, I feel it. And then he explodes in light. In glorious, colourful light. In beautiful, destiny light. Disco laser light show begins as he finds the optimum position for gravity. He becomes a Russian nightclub and just becomes lasers. To be continued. Motherfucker! I have, what, three more episodes or two more episodes to figure out what the fuck is going on. Yep. Okay. So, Nick. Yeah. Highlights and lowlights of this episode. A good one to come back to if I don't say so myself. My highlight is the Mobius strip. It's a good highlight. It's a good highlight. Just like the explanation Mm -hmm. and like even the, oh, because it can't fold inside out because it's a goddamn Mobius Mm. strip. That actually makes sense, Araki. What the fuck? My highlight is pre-Mobius strip, creepy off-screen Jolene Mm. messing with Poochie, going full predator mode. Just being like, like, like one little baby slap. I guess she's like buying time, making him panic, wait for a moment of weakness because she mm. is not at full fighting strength. But she's it, trying to buy it's time. creepy. It is creepy. I like it. Mm. It's good stuff. Low lights. My low light is the very end where things start going very wacky very quickly. Where it's wacky like, in JoJo's? Doesn't sound right. Well, it should be bizarre, but not wacky. <laughs> but it's like. Everyone's like, oh, that's it. He's got a space shuttle now. There's nothing we can do. He's going back. He's going to space. We literally just hucked a harpoon and uses MS sticker to go to yeah, three kilometers away. We couldn't, we couldn't away, grab more so. heavy things to throw at him with our awesomely powerful mind powers. Nah, that's impossible. But like, now he's just done it. And he's like, now I explode in light. And I'm like, what, is, what the fuck is going on? I know what's going on. I've seen it. Nah, whatever. <laughs> My low light is Anna Sui's stupid gambit. <laughs> How did that dead guy crawl down the scaffolding? What do you mean? We saw him move. Yeah, he dived it down. I guess so. Dive it down made him crawl he, down. He dived him down. Exactly. Literally dived him down. So, yeah, Nick, what? Father Pucci is ascending to heaven. What do you want? Metaphorically, from me? possibly also literally. <laughs> okay. And he's exploding in a bunch of lasers. Glorious light as he assumes his presumably final form. Mm-hmm. 
uh, as he finds the spot with equivalent equivalent gravity to the new moon. Which is weird, but I kind of Why is it weird? It's like, is the new moon just him saying, oh... Nick, this whole story has been about gravity. He needs to find the appropriate gravity. I know, but like... That's why he had to go to specific latitude and longitude and wait for the new moon. But could he not have gotten that beforehand? Well, he didn't know. He didn't realise. Okay. Just a bit odd that it never happened beforehand. Like, if it was just about gravity, the moon doesn't magically only exist at one point for... No, but the, um, we got exposition a few episodes ago about how Cape Canaveral is one of those places with weaker gravity oh, yeah. due to its position on the equator or whatever. That's right. And and sea level. Yes. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you are wrong. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's brilliant do. after all. <laughs> <laughs> maybe... It's really literature. I'm going to take that again. Maybe it's true literature <laughs> at its finest. So, my question for you, Nick, is mm. what is going to happen next time on JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? Which I'll get right. Part 6, Stone mm. Ocean. Yep. In the episode entitled Made in Heaven. Mm. Made in Heaven. So, obviously, Poochie is going to ascend to some sort of godhood level thing. Mm-hmm. Much in the same way that Giorno Giovanni ascended to the level of godhood to be like, oh, by the way, my stand is just... Whatever I want whatever it to be. I want it to be now. Um, you are now in forever zones. <laughs> I hate um, being stuck in forever zones. <laughs> um, so, made in hell. Maybe it's like... Well, let's look at the logical progression of the powers here. Okay, so he started off... Disc powers. Disc powers. Also possibly some sort of hallucinogenic ooze. Yeah. So he has disc powers that change memory. He then had... And give stands. He then got gravity. The green baby made things nearer and smaller. Yep. As if anyone could just step on them. Yep. Then he's got gravity powers. And now he has... And inside out powers. And inside out powers. He's got that gas that you inhale and it turns you inside out. And now he might have a stand power called Maiden Heaven. Seems like a reasonable assumption given the way these episode titles work. But not 100%. But does that... there was no stand called Thursday, July 4. That's true. So maybe maybe the stand power is like the entire world is deconstructed and reconstructed to be more heavenly, quote unquote. And what does that mean? So in line with maybe Dio's vision. Don't forget Poochie's guiding trauma as well. Yeah, like the world just like resets. Like like the world like stops. And it just goes back in Stop time. Stop the world he wants to get off. Yeah, and like literally it like it goes back to a certain point and it just changes and then it goes oh, back he, to... Oh, histories Yeah, exactly. He like literally is like, I'm going to change every event so that the present moment is this instead. There will be no unintended consequences. Jolene doesn't exist. Jotaro doesn't exist. Dio still exists. The world is a great place. Okay, how will they solve that? They will die and then uh, Pucci will be like, I've made a huge mistake. Like, what, what, okay, massive plot twist. What if they all disappear, right? Follow me here. The Joestar bloodline never existed. And so that means that Dio becomes a vampire somehow. Mm-hmm. He still becomes a vampire, is still alive. And then Poochie's all like, I have the power. And Dio's like, give me the power. He's like, no, I have the power. He's like, I'm going to, I'm going to have the power later, but you're a true friend. So I'll let you have the power for now. And then for some reason, he's like, I made a huge mistake. This isn't what I wanted at all. Where's my sister? And it's like, oh, you can never get your sister back. Ah. Oh, no. So then Poochie has to kill Dio. No. Poochie's going to be like, I'm going to go back and make it so that my sister does live. But then by doing that, Dio doesn't live. 
for some reason, because time, time, and you know shenanigans and unintended consequences, which means that then Poochie is like, oh no, it's all hopeless. No matter what I do, I better just give up and put things back the way they were. Exactly, something like that, where you'll be like, you know what? That was the least bad series of outcomes because it means that you know, like my sister's death had meaning because it let me grow or something. Well, Nick. That's not what happens. Fuck! But I'm delighted to report, and I won't tell you what, one thing you said there was exactly correct. What? One minor element of that diatribe. But we'll have to find out about that and more next time, or technically speaking a couple of times after that, on JoJo's World when we watch Made in Heaven for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 6 Stone Ocean. But until then, to to be be continued. continued.